This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. I'm really happy to be part of this panel and, and this symposium and to be able to share our research team's experience with implementing a virtual fall fracture prevention exercise program. Um, and it really was in the midst of the, of the pandemic. So I'll talk to you about some of the challenges and there, there were several and uh, some of the surprises that, that we had positive, overall really positive. So let's then move on. The program I'm going to talk about is named Strong Foundation, Strong Foundations, but it evolved from this large clinical trial called the MEDEX study. It has since concluded, and I um, wouldn't be surprised that several people in our audience today were participants in this study. It was a two-site trial, UC San Diego and Washington. Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. So a total of about 600 participants in a fairly long um, intervention trial that uh, looked at mindfulness training and exercise. And the main outcome measure in this study was actually cognitive function. So I was brought in as a co-investigator to uh, help develop the exercise program and then evaluate it and um, et cetera. So the program was uh, six months, twice weekly, in-person exercise classes. Some of the uh, pictures here are uh, taken directly from the program, and this was held at a local YMCA. And then after the six months of intensive, it went to a once-weekly maintenance program for a year. And we had recruited participants in groups or cohorts of 15, and they were enrolled, started the program, and this was ongoing. And we were literally down to the, the end. We were in our last two cohorts of 20 from San Diego. WashU had the same thing going on there in St. Louis. Um, and it was the last six to eight weeks of the structured phase of the program. And then along came COVID-19. And that's my little cartoon suggest here, uh, the possibilities of what could go wrong out there are stressing me out. And certainly there was a lot of anxiety and stress all around. And for us, it was, what are we going to do? Uh, of course, the gyms were closed. People didn't want to go out anyway at, at that point. And we had to make a decision whether to uh, just canceled the last two groups. That would have been about 10% of our sample. Uh, we didn't want to do that. Our participants didn't want to do that. So we scrambled and we decided to attempt to use the Zoom platform to do virtual exercise. Uh, mind you, I had never done anything like this uh, myself. So we went ahead and did that and you know, the first couple of weeks were um, a lot of trials and tribulations there, but it went on and we uh, finished and those participants then went into their maintenance and the virtual maintenance continued until the trial uh, ended just uh, shortly ago. So we decided at eight weeks into it that we would collect some data uh, on the uh, 
how people felt about it because we started thinking once we got near the end that, oh, maybe this will work. Or maybe we can go you know, farther with this with, with a different population, population that I was really interested in. And that was actually saying older adults, but a different topic. And so we use this uh, tool called the system usability scale. And it's uh, one that was developed, uh, I'm quite certain, more for industry than for academia. But it was it's getting at how people felt about um, and how well they accepted virtual learning. And so we applied this. And so what you're looking at here is each participant in one of our 20 cohorts, again, this is right at the end after eight weeks in the lockdown phase of virtual training. And according to the authors of the scale, scores of 70% or higher are consistent with a, a program or whatever tool is being studied, consistent with it being usable and acceptable. So we had an average score of 82, and all but two people actually reached that 70% threshold. So that gave us a little bit of thought of, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe this could work. And then we sought some um, responses from individuals, and I just put four different participants here and quotes from them. But what I wanted to point out on this is that attendance, and this isn't a fair comparison because this the Zoom base was eight weeks versus four and a half to five months of their, their in-person. But attendance, even though a couple of these people really didn't prefer Zoom, uh, was near perfect. And actually for the 13 people who uh, stayed in the trial in, in this particular cohort, uh, it, it was close to 100%. So we started to have meetings, talk more, thinking about, again, the population that um, is of most interest in most of my experiences in bone health and fall and fracture prevention. So we were thinking, well, who can we reach with this? And, and for all in-person programs, a, a great problem in exercise and community programs is trying to reach homebound individuals whether they're homebound because of illness or frailty or just lack of transportation to a community center. We thought uh, that would be a target for us. And then started thinking beyond San Diego County because of course we're not limited by geography. So we made some inquiries and, and certainly didn't study this to any degree, but we suspect that in rural communities is very few if any targeted programs for fall and fracture prevention. And then also our regular exercises who may benefit from more guided instruction specific to uh, fall and fracture prevention. So we uh, decided uh, we, we, we can do this, let's do this. So we named this program Strong Foundations and a few minutes I'll tell you how that got its name when you see the components of the program. But we also, right at about that time, um, we were fortunate that uh, to secure some funding from UCSD, the Clinical and Translational Research Institute, CTRI, and this was led by our medical director, Dr. Ryan Moran, who also has a strong interest in fall prevention. And uh, so this was really the program 
was part of a larger effort to integrate within the UC Health System a fall prevention clinic to improve screening and assessment and referral for follow-up care to individual patients' own needs. And so that um, has begun. And I have a flowchart here, which I, I will not go through in detail, but essentially participants 65 and older when they're in the clinic for a Medicare annual wellness visit or seeing their primary care physician um, are going to be screened. And this part has already been going on. Uh, short survey, yes or no responses to have you fallen in the past year, fear of falling, et cetera. And then that leads to group visit. And these are being administered by nursing staff, um, probably going to uh, expand this to have more interns from our lab um, involved in this. And then eventually um, folks, participants or patients are then uh, referred depending on their individual needs. And that might be to orthopedics and physical therapy or um, the say higher performing participants, at least at the outset, then could get referred for community programs such as uh, uh, the Strong Foundations. So th this is in a just real, in a nutshell, what the program is. It's going to be administered fully virtually, one day a week, plus a home exercise with video components and detailed instruction manual. We are just now nailing down the whole curriculum. It's going to be a 12-week program. Um, but we did do two short four-week cohorts to pilot test. And so we've learned from that, and I'll share some of that with you in a moment. But the distinctive feature that we believe will set us apart from some of the many, there's terrific uh, online programs, terrific um, YouTube videos for all kinds of different exercise, probably thousands of them. Uh, we have vetted a lot of those and use them in a resource manual and some are excellent, but what they're lacking is individualized in real time um, uh, training. So we are, the model we're using is to have a lead exercise instructor, a highly specialized uh, person that has done geriatric exercise. And uh, he or she, and, and we have uh, one of each um, sex that will be doing this with us, um, they'll have two to three assistants providing semi-individualized training using the breakout room function of Zoom. And so again, we think that's what sets us apart. So after the first pilot, and, and this is, we have 13 people in that first four-week pilot, uh, we use that system usability scale again. How did they, they like it? And mind you, this is only four weeks. So after people have been in programs for 12 weeks or six months or two years, uh, maybe their interest uh, starts to wane a little bit. But certainly for four weeks, these participants really liked the program. So 90% uh, said that they indeed would be redoing this um, and would want to continue. So we wanted to get some information about class structure. So using this color code, 
green and purple for strongly agreeing that the instructor wasn't effective, that the format was relatively easy to follow. And this really um, pleased us, pleased me, that participants indeed did feel safe at home doing these exercises, even though we were giving them challenges to their balance, uh, which of course had carries you know, some um, risk of falling. So we try to minimize that fall risk, but maximize the challenge. And they felt safe doing it. And then we asked about the participants' awareness of the assistant instructors who were watching as the lead instructor led the class. And we didn't do such a good job of that. And I think what happens here is the assistant instructors will look for uh, folks that have some uh, biomechanical, um, doing something technically not quite right, and they'll focus on trying to help them, and some of the other participants then kind of fall by the wayside. So we need to do a better job of that. Um, and, and, and also, if, it, uh, if you take a look at, here about their interest in, or would they be willing to use a breakout room, we also didn't do a really good job of um, you know, addressing that as we were working through the kinks of how do we make that work. But two thirds of them said, yeah, they would use it. And then a few, not so sure. I think some weren't even quite sure what it was because not all participants in a four week class got to go into a breakout room. Uh, we also, um, an important factor here is home exercise practice. There's it's really a structured program at home where they have all the materials uh, written and in video of the exercises. And we asked how many times a week did they practice this? And over 90% responded they did it at least one to two times a week. And a full 50% said three to five. Once more, this was only a four week. Would that decrease over time? Um, perhaps, but we're happy that at least um, at, at this point they're doing it. So in the time remaining here, let me just give you sort of a visual sampler, if you will, of what this program looks like. And the name found Strong Foundations comes from these are the three key features. I think these are the, the pillars that are going to lead to reduce falls and fractures based on um, the science that that has been published. A heavy emphasis on posture and spinal stability, balance, of course, and functional strength. The National Osteoporosis Foundation has this very good poster that our participants will have. We're going to urge them to post it, print it, and post it at home. We will be training them in how to do the mechanics of these movements of everyday activities so that it's protecting the spines. Some call these spine sparing, I call them spine friendly movements. And this can go a long way to protecting the back from pain. And there's also evidence that it can decrease the hyperkyphotic posture, the bent over posture that eventually just becomes it becomes normal and it can lead to vertebral fractures. So heavy emphasis there, heavy emphasis on balance and mobility, 
Uh, these are pictures mostly from our MedEx trial where we gave a lot of different challenges. And when people think of balance, sometimes they think of standing on one foot, but falls occur mostly when we're moving, not standing. So a lot of different gait practice movement, challenging the surface we're on, uh, to challenge the sensory systems so that they adapt to uneven surfaces or soft surfaces, etc. And then lastly, strength exercises. The pictures can see heavy emphasis on lower body and leg, leg strength and also on back because once more, once more uh, the literature tells us if you do resistance training for the back muscles, you can actually in older adults can slow the loss of bone in the vertebral um, bodies. So heavy emphasis there. So then I will just finish with our, uh, this page of community resources, the aging and independent services through County Health Department has had a program for 22 years now called the Feeling Fit Club. Participants named their, their group, their club, this is a picture from one of the sites. They are pre-COVID, they're in 28 community sites spread across the whole county. Currently, many of the, most of the classes are still virtual, but I was told just several days ago that some sites are starting to reopen for the in-person. Then Scripps Trauma Department sponsors workshops. Those also went to virtual and they will likely open back up to in-person. And they also co-sponsor volunteer instructor trainings for another balance program called A Matter of Balance. And lastly, the link to our Strong Foundations program for anyone that um, is interested, wants to find out more about it, I'm happy to have you contact us and we will get back to you. So with that, I'll leave you with a beautiful look at Tory Pines Trails, and I thank you for your attention. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.